Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Game Night, directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein and released in 2018. The plot of the movie goes something like this. An ultra-competitive couple, Max and Annie, find their regular game night turned on its head when Max's successful brother arrives in town. Yeah, and uh, as we usually do, we'll do a quick spoiler-free wrap of this film and let you know whether we think you should see it. Katie. Definitely. This is like the great kind of antithesis to all of the Oscar movies and stuff. Not that they've been particularly dour or anything this year, but it is nice to just sit back and watch a really funny, fun, silly action movie like this where everybody is having a good time. Mm. Um, and it's well put together and exciting and 90 minutes long. It's great. I mm. Oh, yeah, I know. God, what a relief. And, and honestly, part of the reason I chose it was I looked at the runtime for this and Red Sparrow, which is also out this weekend, and I went, well, this is only 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, also I did think this was actually going to be fun as opposed to Red Sparrow, which we may or may not see. We haven't um, worked that out yet. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really fun. It was sweet. I really like Rachel McAdams. I will almost be delighted by anything she's in. And Jason Bateman and John Francis Daly are clearly a good team together. Yeah. I was going to say Rachel McAdams is like luminous in this. Which, she's so adorable. I mean, she's always good, but she just she was the shining star of this. Mm. Everything she did was just so good. No, I, I have like only one minor note on this and it's only like a note about the real world stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it has no, – this movie contains the world's worst infertility doctor. I thought I went to the world's worst infertility doctor, but no, I did not. This girl, this girl is just terrible. But anyway, like the, I don't have like actual notes. It is a fun movie that mm. like kicks along and is just, yeah, is a really good way to spend 90 minutes. And I hope like it's had some good reviews. There's not much out at the moment, especially if you've already seen Black Panther two or three times. Mm. Um, so I really do hope it makes some money because it's good fun. It is really fun. Yeah. Should we go into the spoiler territory? Because this is a bit of a hard one to talk about without spoiling. Right, exactly. What I don't know, it's hard with a really good movie. Like everything was really well done in this. It's always hard for us to re review comedies as well because mm. it's really hard to like review what's funny. It's good, easy to review what's not funny, but it, reviewing what's funny, you're just like, yes, it made me laugh. Well, and the jokes weren't mean. They weren't mean. There was a great, massive lot of movie references running yes. through this that were hilarious. Um, there were also it was self-aware. Also, at one point, Jason Bateman makes a joke about peaking too early as a child actor, which there are so many child actors in this movie. I know it's adorable, um, but that, yeah, it's really um, and and the guy Ryan, like the dumb jock, is the the dumb jock comic yeah. relief that's done really well it is done really well because yeah and and i like that him changing was the point of his arc rather than everybody else just accepting that he's funny mm. um that was nice but um one of the things that i did like about this movie as well is that it's actually well made like a lot of comedies are very lazily directed yes oh my god the fight scene at Carl Chandler's house in the beginning and then coming into the bridge at the end both of these really spectacular shots. And I really liked the tilt-shift photography that it used yeah, to that. make everything look like toys and like mm -hmm, games mm -hmm. because it kept you in mind of what was happening. Um, like, it, I, I, you know how I like a unified aesthetic. But it, it also made it um, – it also was a money-saving thing. They could film miniatures 
instead of having to like get a crane in or a helicopter to shoot they're the not suburb. Miniatures, they're real. They were Shot. miniatures. No, there were people in them. I, okay. And cars driving through them. And it was like I just thought it was a miniature. It looked like a miniature. To I me. know, but that's the that. And right. then they, they echoed that at the end with the other things. But it's real. That's that's the way that tilt shift photography. It makes everything look like toys. Right, but it's real. I'll show you some other photos. Right, later on. sorry. I, when I was talking about tilt shift, I meant the when they're coming in the scene at the bridge at the end where you oh. adjust the focus. But okay, yeah. Um, so it's, it's probably the same thing. Just yeah, yeah. So it's it's where they like the way that it focuses on certain things and everything makes it everything look like toys. Right. Um, yeah. It makes everything look look protected. So yeah, I thought it was dual purpose of they liked that look, but they it also meant that they could shoot miniatures and it would be cheaper. Oh, okay. No, but, it's those are real shots. I'll show you some, some okay. stuff later. But yeah, that was really cute. Um, if right from the opening, the opening's really cute and puts you in the mood when mm, it's all the, the game pieces. over the yeah over all the Warner Brothers logo and stuff. Yeah, so it's really like I I just I like that it always kind of keeps in mind what it is mm. and what its premise is and like it never kind of goes completely off the rails from that. Mm. That's really fun. And like the way that they keep treating things as a game, even after kind of the twist is revealed that it's not a game. <laughs> yeah. But it is, but it isn't, but it is. But and I was a little exhausted by that. Right. Well, it was kind of annoying at the end where that where Carl Chandler tries to pretend like it was his game night and you're like, hmm. But that's in keeping with his character too. Mm. It is. Like it's so in keeping with that character for us to be annoyed with him at this end, the yeah, end of this movie because he does something annoying. <laughs> like that was great mm. actually. Mm-hmm. Like in the moment it annoyed me, but in hindsight it was kind of brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I like that the, you know, it was kind of the characters all had stuff going on, mm. but it didn't completely overshadow the movie. No. Plus, the not Denzel stuff was really funny. Although, how old would she have been? <laughs> well, because like, it's yeah, it's supposed to be ten years ago, and I, I look, I assume that everybody in this movie is supposed to be around thirty-five. That mm. makes sense for the stories going on around them, the divorce, the infertility, all that stuff. So, I assume she's meant to be like thirty-five, and it was ten years ago that they broke up, and she was twenty-five. But Denzel, the fake Denzel, looks about like Denzel twenty to twenty-five years ago. Yes, doesn't look like Denzel of today. But as the point is that she doesn't know that it's not him, I'm sure that that's not no, it's not the not the the main issue. Um, I was more concerned. She, she, they got married at 19, right? So when they took this break, was it before they got married? In which case, she would have been around 18 or 19. Ah. She, she would have been very young when this happened 10 years ago. Or they took or they took a break after they got married. Yeah. That was confusing to me. Mm. There's another thing that really annoyed me with this movie, which is a purely me issue, but J- Jason Bateman gets shot in the arm and there's no like element That's of pain. not a purely you issue. He never, it never hurts. He never has any trouble doing anything. And he's packed, he bleeds all over the dog and the carpet, even before like the water goes everywhere. There's a heap of, he loses a heap of blood in that scene. Yeah. Like he would be, getting faint and having trouble moving and it never comes back again it's just after that it's like magically fixed no it comes back all the time is the thing they keep mentioning it mentioning but it all the time it's not still bleeding the bleeding just how well, did I would stop the bleeding i would imagine that they put better bandages on it after that but they didn't show they have to you have to show that right yes because you draw attention to it bleeding you have to show them patching it up and they didn't and that was no. a slightly annoying little yeah um, Plot twist. Because also, I mean, at the end, like he's still he's not using it properly. But other than it, it comes up as a plot point. It's 
it do- when he moves, when you see him in long shot, there's no any kind of indication. No, and he's he has, he's strangling De- um, mm. Dexter. Yes, he's with strangling a Michael C. Hall at the end of the movie with a bungee cord, and both his arms are functioning fine, and one of them's got a knife sticking out of it now. Right, like in his bullet he's hole. Not, he's not a super strong guy. He's supposed to be an average guy, and yet he never, even when she's like sewing him up, and the joke is that he's in pain. It never mm. actually impedes his ability to function whatsoever. No. Which is crazy. Although the joke when he said, I think you sewed my sleeve to my arm made me laugh <laughs> so hard. Me too, because I know your story. Sorry? I know the story about you um, in sewing class yeah. when you were a kid when you sewed the fabric to your thumb. I did do that, And yes. the sewing teacher didn't let you use the sewing machine ever again. I, that's, I, was so, I thought that was so funny because it made me think of that. Yeah, I just thought it was funny like that, that she was like... I just like her incompetence mm. with that and that they get her to do it now. I know. But that just made me laugh so hard. I just thought it was so funny. I know. Um, it was wonderful. And they were like such married people as well, like the mm. stupid fights that they have in the middle of it all. They do, but I think I like that they have these little arguments, but they talk things through. Like it's mm. never a kind of – like it's never a deal breaker. They never go, go through a period where they're so mad that they can't talk no, to each no. other or anything like that. I liked that. No. They, they, they felt like a team still. Right. And, and But like a real married team. Yeah, exactly. That was nice. Mm. They were really good together, actually. Oh, they were so – they were, like, the chemistry was good. They were good. And you sort of – like, if it were real life, a couple who were individually that competitive getting together could cause problems. But it, for them, it just works perfectly. Well, because they end up competing – They join forces. Yeah, exactly. They end up competing together. Um, and also they admire each other's, like, when the mm. other person wins, they just admire that the other person is good at it. Yeah, yeah. Which they, they get really into, which is really cute. They're just really cute. They are. Um, and they are. And she, yeah, I'm with you. She's so lovely. She's just lovely. And the I think the um like unsung hero of this movie is the Irish woman Sharon Horgan, who's mm. so she's really funny, but she's also so much better than everything else that's happening, mm. which is really funny as well. Mm. It was funny. It was weird seeing Danny Houston for like two minutes. Well, I thought the same about Michael C. Hall. I was like, these are really famous mm. actors, and they're only they've got like two minute villain parts. But Michael C. Hall, it makes and sense. Michael C. Hall really only shows up in the last five minutes, right? Which means you have to put somebody famous, famous in and there, good yeah, yeah. In that. Because otherwise, you're not going to remember who. Mm, like, mm. you're not. This guy's not going to stick. Right. But and I think Danny Houston is probably the same. You need to like you got he's got to be someone who's sort of threatening looking, and and Danny Houston does that quite well, and. It's also got to be someone you'll remember if he does come back later. But I just he's but he's in so in it so little, and in the middle, so you don't really need to remember him that much. Mm. So I felt like it could have been really anybody who's particularly interesting and menacing looking. Yeah. Whereas, and it could have been a chance for another um, comedian cameo or something. Yeah, exactly. It could have been that you could have had a comedian cameo in that part, like Chelsea Peretti's little cameo, yeah. <laughs> which was cute. That actually, I just my, don't like. Oh, really? I oh, God. I, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's been better since she's not been on it. I have not missed her. Okay. Anyway, I like, like it was like it was fine. It was perfectly appropriate to the piece and whatnot. I'm just not a big fan. <laughs> I don't mind her at all. But, the, but that also had a joke that I thought was really funny that not many people laughed at, which is when they thought she was a pregnant corpse and then she goes, no, I am pregnant. This is real. And they both sort of go like just oh, shift congrats. on a dime. Yeah. yeah. And they both look really happy for her, yeah. which made me laugh really hard. Like just the, I don't know, the way that the whole cast they were managed. They both so well brought up. They were like, they couldn't not say something even though right. she looked like a corpse. But it's also this, the whole cast manages the shifts 
in tone really well, which is important for a movie like this because they, mm. they, you've got to keep tension. You've got to make sure that there's stakes. Yeah. But you've also got to make sure that everybody's having a good time and it's fun and it's funny. Mm. So, like, there's going to be a lot of those tonal shifts where it goes from, like, being, like, dramatic to funny or tense to funny or it's funny mm. in the middle of tense or whatever. And all of the people in the cast were really good at maintaining that. They were they did a really good job of being able to switch on a dime from one mood to another, mm. which really ruins movies like this a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like that's something – like, LaVaughn Morris does that really well. Like, he's yes. constantly thinking about which celebrity she slept with through all of it. Until he finds out. But I feel like he does that. That's what he does in um, New Girl. That's what I was going to say. He, 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 that's his thing. His character in this is his character from New Girl. Mm. There's no difference. No. I mean, but, you know, he's a comedian. LeVorn, sorry, often, not LeVorn. Yeah, I know. It's Sorry. <laughs> I did the same thing where I, was, I thought it was something else as well. But, yeah, um, it is very much what he already does. But Jason Bateman's doing what he always oh, does. They, uh, Jason does Bateman it. does one thing now. Yes. But he does it very well. Exactly. And it's funny in this. Um, Kyle Chandler is uh, probably one of the most diverse actors in this. And mm. he's, this is a role that I haven't really seen him play before. He's usually pretty together. Yeah. He's like normally the grown-up. Yeah. Well, the coach, whatever it is, Coach Taylor kind of thing. Yeah. He is often the grown-up in the situation. And this time he's like, he he's not. Right. I mean, if you look at... um um. Although, of course, Jason Bateman is Sad crying movie. Is the uh, Manchester by the Sea. Thanks. Where he's like... He's the, the grown-up in yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, But although Jason Bateman often plays the grown-up. Like, that's yeah. his role on um, Arrested Development. Or um, a werewolf. Yeah. Um, but that's not the point. <laughs> Those are his only two roles, is to be like the sarcastic, you know, grown-up or a werewolf. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, it's just fun to see Kyle Chandler. Like, Kyle Chandler is quite talented. Yeah. I mean, he's always talented, even though I get him mixed up with that other guy. And, um, yeah, uh, uh, from Ron Office Space, Ron Livingston. But it just gives him a bit more to do as well. And it gives yeah. him a comedy and it's fun. And yeah. The other person who was really, really fun and was really, really good in this is Jesse Plemons. Mm, yes. That role could have gone very badly as well. Yeah. But like, like I was saying, Jesse Plemons is, has like, has had a bit of a run of these lawful neutral types mm. and he does them really well. But he doesn't always do it for comedic effect. No, no. Um, he tends to be more in dramas lately. Always. I don't know if I've ever seen him in a comedy. Um, yeah, no, I'm unsure of that as well. So to get, see him get to do all that to the ends of comedy was really, really fun. Mm. Um, he did it so well. He's so good at it. Yeah, yeah. In fact, he did it so well that I'm sure there are scenes that went on longer than they in initially planned to because of like ad-libbing or something like that because mm. there were some scenes that just seemed to go on for ages but it's so good because he's so compellingly weird. Yeah, and do you know, I didn't ever feel like, like I do in many Judd Apatow movies, that it was going on too long. Yeah. Like they they might have let a joke run on or something because they had a really good improv moment, mm. but I didn't ever feel like anything went on too too long. I thought this was incredibly well-paced. Well, there, but there are definitely – there are scenes where it's supposed to go – like when oh, they're the, getting into the car and he says, what? And then yeah. they get out again and answer him. The doctor as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Which yeah. the less said about that, the better. It was yeah, and I know it's part of the shtick, but just annoys me. Well, and it also it puts out like really factually incorrect information. Yes, it does. And I know, yeah, but psychology is, is not affecting your sperm count nine out of ten times. People just, if anyone tries to tell you that, it's not. Oh, I think she's talking about that specific thing. No, but, but it, it, it is. It's, it's a thing to say, like to say something like that in a movie will make somebody who's going through that in real life think that 
they're going through it because they're too stressed. Yes. And that is a really dangerous infertility myth. Yes. That's that's the bit that annoyed me. Also, like, the worst doctor, the least professional doctor in a movie ever. Yes. Um, like, makes the teachers look upstanding, frankly. I'm, I'm sure there are movies with less professional doctors. Totally. But um, various movies where doctors murder people and things, for instance. Right, right, right. But, but uh, yeah, she's just terrible. That, like, I mean, she's truly is. terrible. And the way Dreadful. she talks to them, like, like, fertility doctors are not known for their bedside manner. In fact, they're shit ass at it. But that is, like worse than any I've ever heard of in real life. So and really that's means, saying something. So that really means that Paris Geller as a fertility doctor is, is pretty perfect. Much spot oh, on. it's super high achieving girl with no filter. Absolutely they go into fertility medicine. Yeah. Absolutely. Um I was just thinking about but yeah, um I forgot. But they're always about the scene going on too long and the, the doctor being so terrible and it was one of those kind of not good scenes. Well they wanted you to remember her for later. Yeah. Plus, this movie has a weird post-credit scene. Yeah, we, right at the end of the credits, the entire audience except us had left the cinema, and like the guys they, were, they were sweeping up the cinema and like <laughs> running the carpet sweepers, and they wanted us out. They were still there watching the post-credit sequence. I think they like because people don't think comedies are going to have them. I guess mm. so. I think those guys but also why thought everybody. John Francis Daly, John Francis Daly's comedies are definitely going to have yes. post-credit sequences. But the people in the mo- in the cinema didn't know who he was. Well. Okay, fair enough. I mean, we were in a cinema that wasn't full and most of the people were sort of like... People were laughing. Middle-aged-ish. But there was, a, a, there was a slightly older crowd than I was expecting there, but people were laughing still. Yes, eventually they got into it. At the beginning, they didn't seem very into it. Right. Early on in the movie where I was like, and, and there was, Rachel McAdams is so funny. Yeah, and there were certain parts that they didn't laugh at that we were like pissing ourselves out. Yes. That's true. Oh, yes, definitely that that child actor's joke was one where nobody else was laughing and we were just dying. Um, it was so but great. But that's like when we went to um, – well, and, and she starts – also when she pulls out the gun and starts doing the bit from Pulp Fiction, I think it took the rest of the audience like oh, yeah. a minute longer to get Yeah, that. and then Jason Bateman just says, oh, Pulp Fiction, yeah. anybody? And then yeah. everybody's like, oh. Whereas as soon as she says, no, don't any of you motherfuckers move. And I was like, hey. <laughs> I feel like this movie – kind of could have had some more famous comedians in it. Yeah, it was a, it was actually a surprisingly low number considering. Yeah, it, I mean, really the only really, like, big famous people in it are Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. Yeah, and the only famous comedian is Chelsea Peretti, as you say. Yes, right, in a cameo. There's not a lot of cameos. I mean, maybe that's good for it. Mm. Maybe it would be distracting for everybody if there's a lot of cameos or something mm. like that. Mm. I don't know. But it, it, I'm not saying it I was did a like, bad thing for the movie either. It was just no. odd. I kept expecting well, the, And the cast honestly wasn't that big named. Like no. when Ryan first appeared, you're like, is that a Skarsgård? <laughs> and then it's another par- guy appeared. It's partly just a joke. Well, it, it was first the guy in the car who has a very similar um, yeah, profile. Yeah, sort of to- Swedish looking people. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is that a Skarsgård? But that's partly a joke because I just assume everybody who looks vaguely Swedish now is a Skarsgård. Right, except that the actor who played Ryan's name is Billy Magnuson. <laughs> so he clearly is Swedish. Yeah. Um, he, he kind of looks like a Skarsgård. They all kind of look like Skarsgårds and the two right. Skarsgårds don't look that much alike. No. So I'm always just like, oh, look. But he's... also there's like six Skarsgård children. Like Alexander and Bill are two of six children. Stellan Skarsgård has a whole bunch of children. Um, I don't know. Well, their dad acts. I assume the others do. 
It's yeah, exactly. But that's the thing because they don't look anything alike. I always forget. Yeah, yeah. So every time I see somebody who looks Swedish, I'm like, oh look, mm. it's another Scar. But guy. like Sh- Sharon Horgan as well, playing um the uh, Irish lady. Mm. She was great, and she's I th- I assume she's a British television actress. Like she vague, uh, she looks vaguely familiar to me, so I feel like I must have seen her on British TV. Yeah, she's in um, a whole bunch. And of looking stuff. her up, she appears to be like a sketch comedy mm. actress, um, in the Catherine yeah. Tate kind of mold. I can see she's that great because there's something that she does. Through the, this whole movie, where she kind of tilts her chin up, yeah, yeah, um, where everybody else is like acting downwards, <laughs> she's acting upwards, which yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense. It just looked weird, uh, <laughs> and I thought she might just be a comedian rather than an actress, but she's been in heaps of things. It's well, just she a has, but quirk of I, hers, I think looking through the things she's been in, um, that she might be a sketch comedian. Yeah, like I think some of those TV British TV shows that I haven't heard of are sketch comedians. Sketch comedy stuff. Yeah, because um, she's got a bunch of names, like yeah. a bunch of cra- characters credited yeah, to Yeah, and she also seems to be in things with Catherine Tate. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm guessing she's a sketch comedian. Um, She just has that vibe about it. But she's a like she does a lot of heavy lifting in this movie. She does. Her and Ryan are really funny. They are, yeah. They're the kind of the real comic relief of mm. the group. And he walks a pretty fine line of he could be really irritating but mm. he manages not to be completely irritating. Well, I think it's like that story that he has that journey mm. of, of like he's just bringing these hot Instagram models every week and he finally turns up with this woman that he's actually clearly interested in and that's like his journey is is through is to to change as you say. Yeah. And I think that's why it works. Yes. And it's really it's fun to watch them interact and she's so much smarter than he mm. is. But also she's kind of like it's not like she's not into him. It's not yeah. like he doesn't have his charms. Yes. Well, he's cute. And, yeah, he's really hot, I guess. But also, like, he's fun mm. to be around. Yeah. She's having more fun, clearly, than she's had in a while, yeah. even though everybody's being shot at. So, you know, it must, oh my God. there's something about her that must be into the... When they go downstairs at Danny Houston's house and there's an actual fight club going and his, the way he's his so delighted. That was fun. The, one of my favorite scenes in the movie was just after that when they play Fabergé ball. Oh my god! Yes, when they throw the Fabergé egg around. Yeah, and it's got. So I mean, it's well, clearly got cuts in it that are being really right, but well. That hidden. was so well made. Yeah, so well put together because it keeps you engaged in a fight. I'm often not engaged in fight scenes, and that really kept you engaged, like in action scenes, and it really kept you engaged as yeah, to what exactly. was going on. You always knew where the ball was and how the house worked and things like that. It's and it gives clever. everybody something to do mm. and, it's, you know, it keeps everybody involved and all that sort of stuff. It's really, really funny. Mm, yes. Um, yeah, so that was one of my favourite scenes in the movie. Just It was so, like, you're so on the edge of your seat but also laughing the whole time, which mm. is a really fun combination. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was really fun. And then when they smashed the egg, it was really funny. Also, all I could think of was um, on um, How Did This Get Made recently, there was this woman, she's been filling in for a few weeks Jessica St. Clair. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Because, I know who um, she is. June Diane Raphael was away shooting. Uh, yeah. Jessica she sounds Sinclair. so much like her too. But she was saying that she thinks that a couple of her relatives in, in West Philly have Fabergé. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of the funniest oh. things that's ever happened on the part. They're just like, you. they don't. You were so, so wrong. <laughs> She's like, okay, I was wrong. <laughs> it was really <laughs> funny. It made me cry laughing. Aww. But yeah, I was that was say, where do I know Jessie Sinclair from? Also from Grace and Frankie. Is she? Jessica okay. Sinclair, yeah. She sounds, I mean, she's done other things, but yeah. her voice is so much like June Diane Rayfield yeah. that sometimes you could just forget that it wasn't her. But yeah, 
it was it just I cried laughing I was driving over to Jamie's and I just was like in tears by the time I got there because it was so funny to me oh my god so you just mentioned Jamie the bit where they're playing Pictionary and like the the two of them are such a good team Jason Bateman and and, um Rachel Rachel McAdams that they just like draw random stuff on this on the board or like when they're doing charades and they just know it because they know each other so well and that's how you and Jamie Play Pictionary. You are the world's worst artist. And I he, am. He is maybe a scooch better. But between the two of you, you smash all of us at Pictionary every single time <laughs> because you're like, because you're on the same wavelength. Yeah. I love that scene. Made me laugh so much. We are. And also because we, but also because we draw fast. Yeah. That's, the, well, that's the secret. Drawing fast and also like knowing how each other's brain works. Yes. Those are the two secrets to Pictionary. But, um, <laughs> I did like that trivia game though with the, um, the, um, with the time thing, yeah, yeah that looked, that like, looked fun. like we fun. should do we, that. We should play that. <laughs> we should. We'd be good at it. It'd be, we were guessing a lot of them. Well, um, yeah, I mean, they were pretty easy, but yes, yes, they were. But that's. I think I don't think it's supposed to be hard. Also, it shows that Brooks is quite smart because he can figure out clues to give mm. everybody that clue them in really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that he actually is quite good at the games, even though he kind of dismisses <gasps> it. And it also leads to the the Edward Norton joke. Yeah, it's just like. The bit of the whole thing where they well, the incredible hulk met. and they go through every other hulk and then they're like primal fear richard gear never played the hulk oh. i was just shocked that fight club didn't F- were they just been talking about fight, fight clubs club. exactly i was like how guys not go- but maybe that's the that's joke. the whole point i suppose yeah if he'd said fight club they would have got it no but i would have thought they'd say fight club and then they'd go brad pitt never played the hulk yeah so like oh boy and they'd been talking about fight clubs the whole time i know um and at one point what was it kyle i think it's kylie bunbury has the line there's an eyes wide fight club going down yes going on downstairs or something <laughs> like that which i thought was a great line mm. that's what i'm saying the movie references and the nerdy references in this are so good and everybody could like um feasibly know all that stuff mm. because they're also into trivia games and things right like that. so yeah it's not like um totally out there trivia it's not alienate the audience trivia yeah exactly but also it's in ca- like i don't like when a lot of the time act- at writers who put a lot of trivia into their mm. scripts will give those lines to people who f- wouldn't know that yeah whereas in this movie it's conceivable that everybody would know that although there is a weird bit where brooks is like oh you went full nerd on me and i didn't understand because he mentions like, tony stark and then jarvis and then he doesn't understand jarvis right but the thing is he knows too much trivia to not know that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. he's too into that stuff to not know who that is. Yes. Also, they're all unfe- un- unbelievably attractive for... <laughs> for people who are trivia nerds. Yeah. <laughs> hey! That's for like... people who, like, uh, you know, yeah. Regulars at trivia. Yeah. Well, no, but also, why didn't that guy who was in the beginning of the movie stay in the rest of it? He was really funny. Which guy? The balding guy with the glasses... He they right at the beginning after the opening credits he is he goes to trivia with Rachel oh, McAdams yeah. right and, and yes and they make fun of him and he's he's he so comes mad to at a them. couple of ga- early games nights and he's yeah. so angry and it it's it's not he's like her friend and he's yeah why wasn't he in the rest of the movie I liked him mm. well probably because they he would have probably turned into a like friend zone story I suspect he probably wouldn't have added much oh I to thought the movie. he was gay. Oh, I had assumed that like he was her friend who was kind of actually interested in her, and I don't know why. I just assumed that he was like uh, okay. I yeah, I thought he was gay, and like they were like, well, just the way he was so cranky when she hooked up with Jason Bateman, and then when they got engaged. I think that's why I thought that. Oh, okay. 
I didn't pick up on that. I just feel You're like he wouldn't right. be so cranky. I thought it might be because he actually might be the director's brother. Um, oh, right. Because at the end of the movie, there's a there's jo- um, John Francis Daly. Right before that, there's a name that's last name is Daly. Oh, okay. Um, and I thought that was him. So he was just doing like a right, kind okay. of role because he was the director's brother. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, you could be right. In fact, they may have tacked all that stuff on. They may have done. No, they, uh, that, bi- that actor Bill is called Michael Cyril Creighton. Okay. So. He was great. I wanted yeah. more of him. Yeah, he was good. Um, He looks familiar too. Now, he might be. Oh, he was in Spotlight and The Post. Um, <laughs> Okay. There's like two degrees of separation between everyone in Hollywood. Um, Yeah. Well, there you go. So, this wasn't only a ju- on Friday nights. Friday yeah, the Night Friday Night Lights, Lights people are in here. The Spotlight reunion Spotlight in here. Reunion. No, uh, um, and the Post reunion yeah. in here. Yeah, it's there's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, no, so he just no, I don't think that is true. Okay, I did wonder if they'd filmed that late and then tacked it on to mm. the beginning because they didn't have a proper beginning. Mm, it's possible, but yeah, I thought he was good. He br- he because everybody was too like. I don't know. Perfect looking. Nice. Oh, nice. Right. No, I'm perfect looking. It would have been nice to have somebody who was not perfect looking who was yeah. going along for the ride. Um. Yes. Yeah. But then you have either an extra storyline or have to ditch well, one this of the is, main And ones. this is why I think they've ditched this guy because it would have complicated the storyline too much to have him in it. It just seems strange to have this friend who's then just mm. not there. Well, no, but he's not there because he's really mad because he doesn't like them because he doesn't like that she's abandoned him to hook up with this guy. Which is why I feel like that's reading a lot into the movie. Okay, but maybe that's just because I didn't pick up on that at all. But I, I'm often not good at picking up on that sort mm. of thing. I was just, and also I think I was probably just yeah. projecting. The daily in the credits is uh, John Francis Daly's father. Father, there you go. Yeah, so he played a character called Tats. Oh, the maybe the oh, bartender. Oh, the bartender. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. They were right on top of each other in the like yeah, one after yeah, the other. Oh, well, I think the credits are being done. Assumed that. Yeah, yeah. I think they go alphabetical after that. Yeah. Anyway, that makes sense. I didn't notice that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this has got nothing to do. Sorry, with we, yeah, we've gone way well, off track. It, it is. It's just hard to review funny comedies that work well because you're always like, yes, it was funny. It works well. Go see it because. Or well, how do you review it properly? There's that's not right. a lot to dig into See here. See it, then go play a game night with your friends because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's – I do like that people are really moving away from mean humor as mm. the – Oh, so much better. Like, nobody's picking on people in this. There was a kind of mean humor in Gary, but they all kind of learned a lesson about that. Yeah. And then also he was crazy. So – Yeah. I mean, also he was awful. He turned out to be like a stalker, and yeah. So it was that also felt very real. Like you try to be nice to people, but sometimes people are creepy and weird, and you've got to kind of walk the line of of how to manage that. Like your, you know, their um, your comfort or whatever is important too, kind of thing. I just felt this deep rooted sympathy for him (laughs) through the whole Mm -hmm. thing. I just felt so bad for him. Yeah, and there's and there's no worse feeling than when you're the one left off the invitation list. It's horrible. I know. And he's trying. He's clearly trying so hard, and he's like not a. He's, it doesn't turn out that he's a bad person. He's a little stalkerish, and like he, you know, has he needs to learn how to move on from things. But he's not like, you know, truly terrible. But I don't know. He's pretty terrible. He organized that whole game night that ended with a lot of them getting hurt. Mm. So that's pretty awful. Mm. And someone actually died in the end. But, oh, that wasn't his game night, though. That was 
Who died? The guy who got sucked into the plane engine. Oh, right. He did die. Yeah, but that wasn't to do with the game night. That no, was completely no, no, unrelated. No, that was his game night. That, that was, was co- yeah. because of Brooks and him stealing from the Vul- Bulgarian mm-hmm. for real. Yeah. Um, that had nothing to do with his game night. But yeah. Yeah. But then how come... That- oh, right. I'd like to see that movie again so that all the pieces fit together. How come the what now? Oh, I was like, well, how come they're all on that bridge? Because he... Because he was the one who set that up. Yeah. Not knowing about... Not knowing that they were even looking into the egg thing. Yeah. I get that now. I just had a moment of like i don't know i'd like to see it again because all the, mm. like on you know dvd sometime down the track oh, or it, netflix or something this is going to be a great this would be a great netflix one actually yeah watch at home like i mean it's it's fine in the on the big screen but if you don't catch it and you watch on netflix it's i would think it would also be fun or fun to watch again yeah it'd yeah. make a pretty good netflix movie i think do we have more stuff that we need to say no we can actually wrap up now even with our long discussion at the beginning about last year's oscars yeah, we didn't do an Oscars thing. Yeah, it wasn't deliberate. We just didn't get to it. There were lots of great movies this year. There really were. I feel like almost anything could win and it would be deserving even if I didn't like it that much. Mm. Whereas other years you're like, how did that get in there? Yeah. There's nothing that I hate that's up for nom- up for movies or anything no. like that. No, and as we kept saying throughout 2017, they just there was a good year. Yeah. Plus they didn't go for the ones that I thought they might that would have disappointed me stuff like Blade Runner 2049 mm. and things like that yeah um where I was like oh you know a lot of people really loved this maybe this will yeah but but um, no they didn't I think which is good other than in, I think it's in up for cinematography it's up for cinematography and design, produ- yeah, which both. like it's kind of deserved so that's fine yeah exactly those were, like those it, were technically the good things about yeah, it yeah I can appreciate that and it might be up for special effects Mm. Oh yeah, visual effects is a, is like a really good one this year as well. Like all five are really deserving. It's got and includes. You things, always say that, but they they are all really good. Especially because I just saw the Apes movie and I was like, wow, this is good. And then I watched a behind the scenes video about the making of the Apes and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I, that's then, always been one like a really good thing about those movies. It's always been really well done on that. Front. And visual effects also is is one where I've almost inevitably seen all the movies because they're almost inevitably all action movies. Yes. And or war movies or whatever, and I like action movies and war movies, and also they usually have good visual effects, especially big budget stuff like Last Jedi and um, the Apes one that's up for it, and Kong Skull Island is up for it, which we loved. We like and this is the one category that Kong Skull Island is likely to get up in. So yeah, yeah. I really I, that was one of my favorite movies of last year. It looks so good. Mm. I actually I bought the DVD for um, my dad and stepmother, and I don't think they liked it that much. In fact, my dad stopped watching because he was <gasps> scared. Oh no! It's not because it was bad. It's just because he was scared. Yeah, I made. Which I think is really. Cute. I made my husband watch it because it's on Netflix now, and he was like, "Uh huh, yeah, I get it. this is fine." And I'm like, "No, don't you see? This is wonderful." Yeah, it, it didn't. But like, like he didn't cross hate it. over as well. He, as he, did, he didn't hate it or anything. He just was like, "Um, yeah, it was fine." <laughs> but I think the reasons that we like it maybe don't cross over as well. Mm, that's true. Um, and the, the, they might not. But I, your dad would be familiar with Apocalypse Now and stuff. Like he would have got yes, that aspect of it. It wasn't that. He was just scared of the big animals. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> and it was, he was like, oh, it's just waiting for another big animal. <laughs> I think I've just been reviewing movies so long that now when I like big animals come on screen, it's not like, oh, jump scare. It's like, oh, look at that creature work. Yeah, exactly. So I think I've just like, I've desensitized myself to yes. a lot of scary stuff. Yeah. and But also Kong, Sk- Kong Skull Island isn't set up like a scary movie, so it doesn't no. scare me. 
No. Whereas the stuff that scares me is like jump scares and yeah, it's creepy music for ages and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and I watch a lot of horror movies. I, I'm not too great with gore. Like there were bits of this movie where I was like, oh god, watching through like fingers of oh, um, uh, of um of night game night. Yeah, like okay. his arm and stuff. I'm very specific on gore. A lot of stuff I'm fine with and then certain things I just can't cope with. The idea of her cutting into his arm was making me like, Ooh. Plus I just watched the Cloverfield Paradox yesterday and that had much more gory bits than this. So Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I, specific gore things to bother me like that. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I also have to cope with a lot more um, first aid yeah. <laughs> stuff on a, on a daily, daily basis. basis. <laughs> so I've had to kind of be able to cope with just that like a bit of blood and things like that doesn't really I no no it was it was more that like she was cutting into oh, it that... like it, the, the bullet wound was not the issue the issue to me was like that she was actually digging in with like a pen knife that disturbed me we more We didn't see that though she we was, saw her cut she, Yeah we didn't actually see it but that's what she was doing and the thought of that that, that is what she thought was the right thing to do as opposed to check bring for an exit wound <laughs> That was funny though. He didn't think of that either No I know He was the one who was shot and he was like oh we have to get the bullet out she uh. was just helping <laughs> And they, oh, they were like, oh, God. <laughs> shot twice. Yeah, no, it was all the unsanitary stuff that, that squicked me out more than anything. And she did her best to sanitize everything. I know. With a nice bottle of shardy. <laughs> Plus, I'm in a silly mood today. Oh, okay, we This should movie stop. was perfect for us then. Okay. Um, yes, oh, what I do think you... it might have put me in a silly mood. I mean, what are you rating it? I'm going to give Game Night four stars. I really liked it. I too will give Game Night four stars because I also really liked it. Um, yes, so. I guess. Thank you for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to find the show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you would like to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter. We are facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens on Facebook and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. I loved that article that you linked to the oral history of the (laughs) – so good. <laughs> I loved it up until I read that Mahershala Ali thing that said that. What did he say? Like it was really sad that that's what it would be remembered for. And I yeah. was like, yes, that's also true. Because some like it shouldn't have been this way. It should have been exciting mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, I know. And there are and some. That's the the worst part about it. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty awful. But yeah. also, I love Chrissy Teigen, Busy Phillips, and oh my god, and the guy Jordan Horowitz. Yeah, yeah, who was just. A really good guy. Like yeah. he just well, he's the one he who only turned the cam thing around. I know, but he also he was the only person not only thinking of himself, Mm-mm. like the only person. Because if you read it, you can see yeah, because the other two actually gave speeches and they were already you know they were just like oh yeah I got to get up and give my speech. Not no, not just in that group. Everybody who messed up. Warren Beatty was only thinking mm. about himself. The guy who did the the envelope switch, Jimmy Kimmel, wasn't really thinking about the show. Like, oh god, just everybody yeah. was and not really. Chrissy Teigen, who didn't really have a role other than she was involved in La, like her husband was involved in La La Land, was like, yes, this is hilarious. Chrissy Teigen's allowed to think it's hilarious because she yes. does. And same with Busy Phillips. Like, yeah. Busy's just like. This is exciting. I love how, actually, I loved how busy was like, well, M- Michelle and I were planning to make a trip to the exit because we were both need to pee really yeah. badly. I was, it was so relatable. <laughs> yeah. Well, their, their um, little bits were obviously for different shows, so they yeah, weren't yeah. actually interviewed for this specifically. But mm. yeah, he, uh, Jordan Horowitz mm. was the only person like involved in the thing mm. who wasn't only thinking about it. Himself, it seems like some of the people in the control room figured out what was going on. Yes, yeah, but they even they were just kind of doing their jobs. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody he was the only else one. was yeah. only 
like they were doing their jobs and also trying to cover their asses, whereas mm. he didn't have a job to do. Mm. And the, and he was the only one who sort of went, this thing that's happened is wrong. We need to like all swallow our egos and get the real winners up. Mm. Like even the because all the people whose job it was to do that weren't doing it. Mm. And like Warren Beatty didn't care except for the envelope yeah, thing. Yeah, he just didn't want anyone to think he'd made a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And all this other stuff that was going on. He was the only guy who was like mm. – no, let's get um, – even Emma Stone was like, no, I had my envelope and stuff. Yeah, well, she was like, it's got nothing to do with me. i got to do my interviews now. Yes. And yeah. I, I get it. I get the headspace they were in and everything. But mm. he's the only person who didn't think about himself for it, mm, mm. which is kind of amazing. Anyway. It was. He seems like an oh, actually man. good person. They're going to be talking about it for years, mm. that one. But, I mean, yeah, mistakes happen and everything. Yeah. But, no, oh, but the thing is – and also – Everybody talked about the Oscars for the next week. Mm. Like this year, they're gonna be. It's gonna be locked down so tight. It, nothing, no mistakes will happen. But you know, everyone's gonna forget it by Tuesday. 